الحمد للہ الحمد للہ وکفاسلام most respected students of deen mothers and sisters allah taala has created us as insan as ashraful makhluqat out of all the creation of allah taala allah taala has created us as the greatest of all the creation insan has been given that virtue which no other creation has and among insan allah taala has made us people of iman so this is a very very great bounty and blessing for us and we need to understand and appreciate the greatness of this bounty that it is that bounty that will not finish off in this world but if a person has taken this iman along then will benefit him in the qabr on the day of Qiyamah and will eventually take the person to Jannat where there is everlasting bliss everlasting bounties everlasting happiness there is no name of any difficulty any hardship any pain any sorrow any grief nothing at all that is Jannat <coughs> dunya is dunya but Jannat is the place where every kind of peace and happiness and joy and serenity is to be found. Nevertheless, the issue is that in this life of this world, Allah Ta'ala has still given us this very great bounty and blessing that as mentioned, Allah Ta'ala has made us insan. We could have been one of the other creations. But Allah Ta'ala blessed us with this great gift and made us insan. The animals are also the creation of Allah Ta'ala. So we made no application that we should not be the animal. Allah Ta'ala out of His grace and mercy made us insan. We could have been some inanimate object. We could have been something else. So the fact that we have been made insan is a very great ni'mat which opens the doors of great opportunities for dunya and akhirat. But opportunities and this virtue and greatness comes with responsibility and it comes with a lot of uh, tests and trials as well. This is the dunya all about. And among the greatest trials that this insan faces in order to pass through this phase of dunya and go safely to the akhirat and go straight to jannat, one of the biggest trials and tribulations that insan faces, now when we talk of the word trials, tribulations, many things might come through the mind. And generally we think about the calamities and hardships that befall us, befall people, Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us that befall people from time to time in the form of 
calamities that come, such as earthquakes, some flood somewhere, some storm, and other what we call natural disasters, or sometimes there's some killing, there's an accident, Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us from all these kind of situations. So our mind goes in that direction, that this is a trial, this is a test. Indeed, these two are tests and trials, but some trials and tests are of a smaller nature, and some trials and tests are of a very major nature. Unfortunately, sometimes the concepts get mixed up and the understanding gets clouded and therefore we miss the point in many important issues. For example, this is just a little bit of a digression but just to understand the point, we hear the word azab. The word azab itself is something that shakes a person. The very, the very word creates a feeling, it creates a shiver in the spine. Azab. And then if we talk about the azab that comes as divine punishment, the side of Allah Ta'ala, that azab, so now it shakes a person's heart to even think about it, to even just hear it. But when we hear the word azab, our mind is confined to some specific aspects of azab. And that is, for example, azab in this dunya sometimes comes in the form of these kind of calamities also. They are a test for some people, then azab for some people. It comes as a test upon the obedient ones. It comes as an azab upon the disobedient people. So that's also an azab. And then sometimes it comes in, or for people in the Qabr, on the day of Qiyamad, Jahannam, Jahannam is a place of Azab. So all this is also Azab. But in dunya, the Azab that comes in the form of some calamity, some hardship, some difficulty of that nature, some material loss, this too is an Azab sometimes, for some it's a test, for some it's an Azab. But if it comes as an Azab as well, it is a smaller Azab. It is the smaller Azab, for example, some tsunami came, it killed thousands of people, that's a smaller Azab. Because the person who passed away in that, inshallah, if he went to the Iman, he passed away as a Shaheed. So it's something sad if somebody is especially near and dear ones passed away, or for that matter, anybody in the Ummad, we hear about some disaster, some calamity, some problem, so it affects anybody. But if it has come as an azab, then it was a smaller azab. And this is what Allah Ta'ala mentions in the Quran Sharif also. We'll give them some smaller azabs, not the big azab. So that perhaps they may return, they may come back to Allah Ta'ala. But then sometimes there's a bigger azab comes. What is the bigger azab? The bigger azab is that everything seems to be going very smoothly in terms of dunya. In terms of dunya, everything seems to be fine. A person doesn't have any problems financially, a person is living fine. It might not be 
on a very high level of luxury, but then too, even that or lesser than that too. So life is carrying on basically, in terms of dunya. But, in terms of deen, a person's tawfiq and the ability to practice on deen has been snatched away. The tawfiq of deen has gone. Now the person is not performing salah, the person is not making tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, the person is not making any zikr, tasbihat, and on top of that the person is involved in various sins, sins of the eyes, sins of the ears, sins of the heart, going to wrong places, looking at wrong things, indulging in haram and illicit chatting, getting involved in haram relationships. But life seems to be carrying on, and the person is feeling, well, life is carrying on, so what? Now, that's a very dangerous azab. That's a bigger azab. Because when this kind of azab comes, when the tawfiq has gone, and the tawfiq goes because of a person's persistence in sin, when a person keeps persisting in sin, then this starts creating blockages in deen. The heart becomes closed. And the heart is no more inclined towards righteousness. When a person looks at haram, that haram creates a barrier on the heart. Now that barrier, as a result of that barrier, the person cannot push the heart towards making salah, reciting Quran Sharif. But if that same person now has to sit two hours and read one novel, very easily or spend 5 hours also on social media, very easy. But 10 minutes for Qur'an Sharif, very difficult. To go and just make the Salah, it will take 10 minutes to complete the Salah properly, very difficult. But 5 hours on that social media, very easy. 5 hours to be on the internet here and there, very easy. 5 hours to be talking to friends, very easy. Why? This 10 minutes a person can't push the heart towards Salah, 10 minutes to sit down and make tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif or some other righteous things. That is very difficult. And this hours can go by, it doesn't mean anything. What is the reason for this? The reason is that the heart got turned. The heart got turned towards all the sins and vices because of the constant involvement in it. Now, the constant involvement tilts it. It tilts the heart and then it tilts it more and then now the heart is tilted towards sin and vice. So now, to imagine the heart like a mirror, the poets normally, they describe the heart as a mirror. So now describe, now take the example of a mirror. Now from one window, now you're sitting in a room, from one window, there is the light that is coming in. Now if you take the mirror in, people might have done this, and you might have played with the mirror in this manner, that you reflect it in the sun. So now the sun is coming from one angle and the mirror is catching it and it's reflecting the sun in the direction that you want it now. Left, right, top, depending which direction you are reflecting it. But the point is that the mirror is catching the sun. Now that the mirror is catching the sun, people then sometimes do a wrong thing. They go and shine it on people's eyes. That's wrong. You're hurting somebody. That's a sun. So, but nevertheless, the lesson here or the, the example that if that mirror is catching the sun, so it's going to light up the place, whichever direction it will be directed in, it will throw light onto it. 
So now the person is sitting in the room. So if he turns the mirror in the direction of that window through which the sunlight is coming, he'll catch the sun. And that sun will be directed now in whichever direction he turns that mirror. So the light will shine in that direction. And that light will, and that place will get lit up and brightened. But now instead of going towards that window from where the light is coming, the person takes that mirror and goes in a dark corner. So now he's catching the darkness on the mirror. So now when you're catching the darkness on the mirror and you're reflecting that, even if there was some light too, that light will go more dim. If it was slightly lit somewhere, that corner, that corner might get more dim also. Why? Because now the mirror is catching the wrong reflection. is catching the dark reflection. So this is what unfortunately happens, that we keep reflecting this. Now any sin that a person is committing, it is now he's turned his heart in the direction of that darkness. So the heart is now reflecting that darkness. So now one is a person that mirror is now loose, sometimes it's turning in the direction of the light, sometimes the direction of the darkness, so sometimes it's reflecting the light, sometimes reflecting the darkness. But then now somebody has fixed his mirror in the light, in the direction of the darkness. So it's constantly reflecting the darkness. So now, what light are you going to get out of this mirror? This mirror is only going to reflect darkness because you fixed it in that direction now. So this is what happens when the heart is repeatedly turned towards the direction of the sun. So then the hinges get worn out, it gets stuck there. It gets rusted in that direction. Now it doesn't just so easily turn around. It's going to have to be forced around. But now the heart is stuck in that direction. So where is it going to now be inclined towards Salah? Because Salah is the direction of the light. Where is it going to be inclined towards making Tilawat of the Quran Sharif? Because that's on the direction of the light. And this heart got stuck in the direction of reflecting the darkness. So now it's already in the light, in the direction of the darkness. So the social media darkness and the haram internet darkness and the novel darkness and the haram kind of dressing darkness, and the evil talk darkness, now all that is in the same direction, all is coming from that same window, so now this mirror is already in that direction, so the person from one haram to the another haram, gets bored with one thing and the next thing, but all, all haram, why? Because this mirror is now stuck in that direction, so this then becomes the azab, that the azab now becomes that the tawfiq of good has gone. This mirror is no more turning towards the light. It's not reflecting any more light. So now the tawfiq of goodness has gone. Oh, it is tilted so much that it's barely catching maybe one slight little bit of light, but the rest of it is darkness. So the tawfiq and the ability of righteousness has gone. Now this is Allah forbid, this is a very, very major azab. Because this becomes like a situation of giving rope. Now the person thinks everything is going so well. I got nothing to worry about. I'm Nauzubillah, not making my salah, but nothing happened to me. What's going on? So he gets deeper and deeper and deeper into the advice. The person says, for the past six months I'm watching all this filth. I didn't get caught. I'm so smart. And he gets even more bold. And then the whole thing explodes. So this tawfiq of righteousness going away, and it goes away because of sin. 
this is an azab worse than the tsunami. This is an azab worse than an earthquake. This is an azab worse than big size hailstones raining from the skies. Tennis ball size hailstones raining from the skies. Can you imagine a tennis ball size hailstone? What damage it will do? But that, as bad as it is, this is worse. This is far worse. Because Allah forbid that if a person gets caught up in this azab, he will lose dunya and akhirat. That kind of azab might just cut short all the dunya pleasures. But inshallah the person went to the iman, his akhirat, inshallah he'll, he'll come right. But this Allah forbid takes a person away from deen and dun- from deen also and he makes him lose his dunya also. Many people end up in kufr Allah ta'ala forbid and save us and protect us because of that constant involvement in sin, one thing leads to another, then a person makes some stupid statements, some kufr statements and as a result that iman is gone also. So this is an azab, this is something to understand, it's an azab, if the person's heart is disinclined from righteousness, disinclined, not interested in any righteousness, not interested in tilawat, not interested in salah, not interested in dressing modestly and with shame and haya, but the heart wants to be dressing in a manner that is indecent, all these kind of things, these Nowadays people talk about these things that how do you re-bring things back on track. So you say, what, what's to be brought back on track? He says, now everybody is now gone, even those who are, illa mashallah, there are those who don't get into this, but the trend is now going so fast in that direction, that those who are so-called parada conscious, they too are wearing all these kinds of, under that cloak or under that long burqa, they are wearing tights and whatever else, now is that conducive for a mu'mina? Is that something that's suitable for a Muslim woman? Where has that come from? Did it come from Makkah Mukarrama? Did it come from Madina Munawwara, that Makkah Mukarrama and Madina Munawwara which Rasulullah established? Or did it come from Paris and New York? So something that came from the original Makkah Mukarrama and Madina Munawwara that Nabi Islam established. Something that came from the Haram, Haramain Sharifain, that way of life which he established. That way of life is going to be filled with every good. That way of life is going to be filled with every kind of progress in deen and dunya, what is in reality progress. That lifestyle is going to bring about that peace and contentment. It's going to bring about that purity and that fulfillment of life. But things that have come from Paris and New York and from Israel, where is that going to take us? People are very vocal in uh, shouting down the various enemies of deen, but we wholeheartedly embrace their lifestyle, their styles and fashion. We take it to heart, not just to heart, and then we, from the heart now it manifests itself on our bodies. And then now, just as a cover-up now, there's a long burqa or something to cover up that that indecent style that shameless style so why is that that need to cover up because we realize something wrong with it so this is a very dangerous trend in which things are sliding and we need to reverse this trend 
We need to make that effort to bring it back on track, bring it back onto the line of haya. Now somebody says, but I'm at home, but are the children not there? Are others sometimes not there? And even if it is just woman, is it, is it uh, correct? Is it permissible to just dress like that in that shameless manner even in front of other women? So this is that same western lifestyle that has permeated, that has gone deep down in the heart. And now that is manifesting itself in all this. So where will this finish off? So in any case, this becomes an azab, that the tawfiq of righteousness goes away. And now the person is only interested in all the other things. And if it is partly that, then it means his mirror is somewhere in the middle. Sometimes he's reflecting some light, sometimes some darkness, sometimes a namaz is there. There's also that indecent dressing also. There's some zikr and tilawah taking place, but at the same time the person is going to all the immoral places also. There's some internet and all the other filth also carrying on. So now that too is a very dangerous situation because that sin will keep putting more pressure on that mirror to turn the opposite direction. Away from all the righteousness, away from the good. Then it's going to start reflecting more and more darkness. So coming back to where we started off from, we went off on a completely different topic that the issue is that Allah Ta'ala created us insan, mashallah, Allah Ta'ala blessed us with this great blessing and bounty and then Allah Ta'ala made us believers and we are aspiring to go past this journey of life in a very safe manner and reach Jannatul Firdaus inshallah with afiyat and safety but there are challenges in the way so what are these challenges? There are some very big challenges. Some are small challenges. The small challenges are all these little, well, not little in that manner that is nothing. Yes, Allah Ta'ala protect us. These are problems, big problems. But it is nothing compared to the bigger challenges. What are the bigger challenges? Among the biggest challenges that a person faces in his journey to the Akhirat, and in his journey to try and get to Jannah with Afiyat is the challenge of temptation. The challenge of temptations is one of the biggest challenges. Now it is the temptation that a person falls into and causes the destruction in dunya and akhirat. Some fall in the temptation of wealth. One is to earn halal wealth, to earn a halal living person who earns a halal living without trampling any of the laws of deen keeps up all the obligations of Allah Ta'ala, such a person has been greatly praised in the Hadith Sharif and a great virtue mentioned that trader who is honest and upright, he'll be raised with the Anbiya with the Siddiqeen, with the Shuhda on the day of Qiyamah, a very great virtue this is so one is earning halal living, mashallah, in a proper manner, in the correct way, the correct, within the correct limits, excellent. The other is the temptation of wealth. Temptation of wealth is that that wealth becomes the objective. That, what, that becomes the focus of life. So now the temptation comes to do what? To just make more money. And in order to do that, now the temptation is to just grab whatever comes. So the consciousness of halal, haram starts dying off. 
Now the person is just doing whatever one wants. Now as a result of what? As a result of temptation. The wealth has tempted the person that you're getting such a good deal here and you'll make so much out of it. But that good deal and that so much is all haram, so what difference it makes? Whether it is one rand or whether it is 10 million rands or 100 million rands. Now sometimes a person sees one 10 rand lying down somewhere or a 5 rand coin lying somewhere. He says, no, no, you can't touch this. It's somebody else's wealth. We don't know whose it is. We can't take it. It's not ours. Why? Because it will be haram for us to take it. So now that 5 rand, it is haram for us to take it, so we won't take it. But now there's 5 million rands. Somebody is being tempted with that 5 million rands, but it's interest. Or those 5 million rands is some gambling money. So now suddenly person is cutting corners and trying to work out a plan. So what's the difference between that 5 rand and this 5 million? Both are haram. Both are haram for us. That is somebody else's money. This is interest. Or this is gambling. So both are haram. But the person now when the temptation of that 5 million comes, he sees that 6 zeros, his mind goes into zero mode. He can't think now. He saw those 6 zeros and he's now gone into zero thinking. So as a result now the person starts getting caught in the temptation. Likewise, the people get caught up in the temptations of so-called fun and entertainment. Now that's a temptation. I need to keep entertaining myself. I need to keep having fun. So now this fun and entertainment, where will this fun be? So now the fun and entertainment that shaitan tempts a person towards is that kind of fun and entertainment where all the haram is taking place in the haram environments, in environments that so much of haram will become the norm, will become the standard for that time. Whether it is in any name, sometimes it will happen in the name of Islam also. But the environment there is conducive to only sin. Because there is all intermingling, there is music being played there, there is other vices happening, people are getting using that as a venue to get into haram contact. Now all this that is happening, what kind of environment, what kind of effect is going to leave on somebody's heart? So now that becomes an, a temptation. But now it's promising a lot of fun, a lot of so-called activities, there's a lot of uh, uh, entertainment. So now that temptation becomes a problem for a person. And a person now cannot seem to Stay away from it. Now that's a temptation. Now what happens? People have gone to such places and then that whole Imani spirit died. That whole Imani spirit died off. One person was discussing his issues and he says that that Imani spirit died off in that situation. It took weeks to get back on track. It took weeks to come back onto track and to now once again come back to those amal and those things that a person was doing because now that whole Imani spirit died off. Now, this is the way in which shaitan creates this blockage. But where it came from? Where the person slipped? The person slipped as a result of that temptation. So the temptation derailed it. So some people is temptation of money and wealth and dunya. Somebody is the temptation of entertainment and fun.
So now in that entertainment and fun is all these other haram things as well. The internet now becomes a very strong temptation for a person. The phone becomes a very strong temptation for what? For haram. Now that haram has a outer attraction. That is the temptation that is now testing the person. There is an outer attraction to it. But it is like that filth that has been covered in beautiful gift wrap. Very, very bright and shiny gift wrap. But inside is something rotten. It's smelling. It is nauseating. Just merely opening that package, the germs are going to hit full blast. It's going to person just one sniff of that thing is going to be probably sick. But now from the outside is all packed in a very, very attractive manner. It's packed in a very tempting way. But when the person gets into it, then it's only damage, it's only harm, it's only pain, it's only misery. But sometimes the deception is that that packaging, a person gets caught up in that and he seems to be fine. But what actually has happened, his senses have died. Now he's not smelling that filth anymore. One person, this is just an example somebody gave to make a person understand how this happens. Rather instead of that we take that incident which we mentioned of Mawla Rumi Rahmatullah's example that this one person passed the ether shop. Now when he passed the ether shop he collapsed because he hadn't smelt any fragrances like this for a long long time. So he collapsed, he couldn't handle it. Now, people gathered around him, they are wondering what happened to this person, and what can they do to now resuscitate him. In the meantime, his brother also came past, and he realized my brother collapsed here. So he told them, don't worry, he just went out on the side of the gutter, and in one tissue or something, he dabbed some muck, some dirt and stinking filth. And he came and brought it close to his brother's nose, so he revived. Everybody was surprised, what kind of medication is this? That this person now revived by making him sniff this muck and dirt and smelling filth. So the brother explained that look, this person lives by the, close to the, the sewer, the sewer depot or whatever. So now that place is completely like a person living by a landfill site or something. Now that whole area is all the time stinking in that manner. Now the person is living there, his senses become deadened. He can't smell the good anymore. That is what he smells all the time. Now when this person passed that ether shop, that thing was too much for him. He collapsed and died. He collapsed and went unconscious. But now this, this muck brought him back to his senses. Why? Because that's what is in his system now. So likewise, a person thinks, no, I can't see any wrong with this. I can't see any harm in this. I'm fine with it, I'm enjoying it. It's not enjoying it, it's the person has, his senses have died. So the harm is seeming fine to him. The smell is gone for him. But in reality it's stinking. In reality it's stinking. His taste buds have completely been killed off. So now this bitter taste is, is tasting fine to him. He's probably enjoying it because of his taste buds have been completely corrupted. So, likewise, when this temptation a person falls into, then this turns 
the person's direction. Now, all these things become temptations. Wealth for somebody, all this fun and entertainment for somebody else, and likewise, this haram on the phone, on other devices, the internet, etc. And this becomes the challenge, and Allah forbid, when a person gets into that, gets caught into the clutches of temptation, and gets caught into the clutches of all these kind of things that happen as a result of the temptation, then it is like going down a steep, rolling down a steep mountain. What will happen to a person rolling down a steep mountain? So no, knock his head somewhere on some rock and break one bone, hand, ear. Allah forbid, what will happen to that person? The whole, the danger is a person will reach at the bottom dead. So likewise, this becomes a situation that a person's iman, his deen is in danger and the iman can get killed off also. So this is the most important thing to focus on, how to overcome the temptations, how to stay far away from the challenge that comes, or rather save ourselves from those temptations, because insan is insan, those temptations are going to be there, but how to overcome those temptations, how not to get trapped into those temptations. The temptation will be there, but how to suppress it, and remain firm and steadfast on deen, on amal, on righteousness. That is the big question. Inshallah, in the coming week we will continue with this discussion, and discuss some aspects that what will help us to stay on the line of deen, stay on the line of righteousness, and not get caught up in the temptations, etc. Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq, Allah Ta'ala keep us on iman, Allah Ta'ala keep us with Islam, take us on iman and Islam, and raise us on the qiyabah to the iman and Islam. وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير واجعل عواقب أمورنا بالخير بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير اللهم وفقنا لما تحب وترضى واجعل آخرتنا خيرا من الأولى اللهم واقية كواقية الوليد اللهم واقية كواقية الوليد اللهم واقية كواقية الوليد ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين والحمد لله رب العالمين